0: And welcome to the New Hope O'ahu podcast. If you would like to watch the sermon, testimonies, creative elements, and more, go to youtube.com slash newhopeoahu. You can watch sermons in our app or check out our website at enewhope.org. That just leaves you speechless,
1: doesn't it? You know, Colleen uh, actually began our sign ministry here and Putting it into an art form, and uh, she has done a fabulous job. Would you say thank you to Colleen? Yeah. And I also want to never, never cease saying thank you to you for your prayers. As you know, some about six months ago I went through some surgery after a diagnosis, and, and I know God hears the prayers of His people. And there are several others that have phoned me and texted me that they were going through the same cancer diagnosis. And so please keep praying. Can Continue to pray. Never think that that's just some perfunctory thing. That's a take it or leave it kind of deal. No, it is absolutely mandatory. If we're going to become all that God wants us to be, we must be people of prayer. Can you say amen to that? So please continue. Please continue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm going to ask if you would keep praying for me for something else. And that is... Uh, my hair keeps getting whiter and whiter and whiter. <laughs> it keeps turning on me, you know? And so there's nothing I can do. I've taken MRIs, I've done all kinds of stuff to figure out what's going on, but, uh, but I made a deal with my hair. I said, you can turn on me, but you must never leave. <laughs> Growing old is a little different, you know? And in fact, this one guy, uh, he's getting older, a friend of mine, and I noticed, man, you're getting older. And I said, what does it feel like to get older? He said, well, I just feel like I'm representing the whole United States economy. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my hairline is in recession and my belly is in inflation. <laughs> I said, no, no, you got to see it differently. You got to say, I've got silver in my hair, gold in my teeth. I got gas in my stomach and lead in my feet. I represent the US commodities market. <laughs> But, but people, as they get older, they kind of start to inspire me. There's this lady that's 90 years old. She went to her pastor and said, Pastor, the older I get, the sassier I get. <laughs> pastor said, what do you mean? She says, I go out with four men at a time now. He said, four guys at a time? How do you do that? She says, well, she says, I get up every morning with Arthur Idas and willpower comes and gets me out of bed. I spend the whole day with a Charlie horse. But then at night, I go to bed with Ben Gay. <laughs> but they do inspire me. Uh, a few weeks ago, there was a man in Starbucks. He was an elderly man, looks like around 88 or 86 or so. And, and he was bent over, and this is no exaggeration. In fact, he was there this morning. I talked to him this morning. He comes in like this, this fast, with a cane. And he walked up, 6:30 a.m. Now, goes to the Starbucks counter, orders himself some coffee, and then sits down, reads the paper, and then he goes out. And I'm thinking, this guy's in pain. He could have stayed home, but instead he comes at 6:30 in the morning to get himself some coffee. So I walked up to him, and I said, "Excuse me, sir. Can I just say you inspire me?" He stopped and said, "Why is that?" I said. You didn't have to come here at 6.30 a.m. Obviously, it's going to take some effort for you to do that. You could have stayed home, but instead, you come down here and you get coffee at 6.30. That just inspires me. And he looked up at me and he said, well, that's because I have a class at 7. I said, a class at 7 a.m.? I said, what kind of class is that? He said, martial arts. I said, no way. He said, "Uh uh-huh. I said, what is your name? He said, my name is Quentin Chambers. I said, I'm Wayne Codero. I just want you to know that you inspire me. Well, as soon as he left, I went straight away to my car and Googled his name, Quentin Chambers. Come to find out, he's one of the highest ranking black belts in stick fighting. I thought, man, I'm so glad I was nice to him, (laughs) because he could have gone (laughs)
0: black
1: I'd be dead meat, you know? You better be nice to old
0: people. <laughs> I
1: have a friend he's 85 years old. A pastor friend of mine his wife dies at 82 and he gets married again at 85. I thought, "You go, boy." And uh, and his wife is 85 years old too, his new wife. So I went up to him and I said, "Man, so this is crazy amazing." I said to him, "How long did you guys date?" He said, one month? I said, only a month? You don't even know her. I said, how come it was so short? He said, I could have died. Reminds me of a song that uh, it goes to the tune side by side. It's about old people getting married, not knowing each other. You want to hear it? Yeah, it don't matter. I'm going to sing it anyway. As it goes like this. We got married last Friday I had my girl right beside me My friends are all gone Now we are alone Side by side It gets better (laughs) We were happily wed then She got ready for bed when Her teeth and her hair She put on a chair side by side <laughs> then one glass eye so tiny her hearing aids so small but then she took her leg off and put it on a chair in the hall i stood there broken hearted because most of my girl had departed. So I slept on the chair. There was more over there,
0: side by side.
1: (laughs) No, no, I don't know anymore, that's it. (laughs) Okay, we got to get to the Bible, no? Well, today I'm going to read out of the gospel, the 19th chapter of the gospel of St. Luke. It's one of my favorite stories. It's about a man named Zacchaeus. And in this story is a very profound scripture because it really defines something that we need to hear about. One of the most important scriptures in the New Testament. But I think that story of Zacchaeus... Is one of my favorites because, probably because of Sunday school, where they burned this song into my head. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree where the Lord he wanted to see. And then the Savior passing by looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm going to your house today, I'm going to your house today, side by side. <laughs> I changed the ending in just a little bit, but. but it's a story that's important to us today because it reveals one of the most important verses in the New Testament. So as I read the 10 verses, follow along with me as it comes up on the board. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was passing that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, Wait a minute, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Therein lies one of the most important verses as it reveals the purpose of why Jesus Christ came to the earth. He came to seek and save the lost. That defined his earthly ministry. He came to seek and save a Mary Magdalene who was caught in a lifestyle that she hated but couldn't get herself out of that lifestyle. He sought her and saved her. He came to seek and save a demon-possessed man that was filled with demons, infested with demons. He came to seek and save that one. He came to seek and save a man with riddled with leprosy so that all of his relationships would be broken and he would be separated and discarded. He came to seek and save that one. He came to seek and save the lame man by the pool of Bethesda. And he came to seek and save you and me. You say, well, wait a minute, Wayne, how did we get into that inauspicious list of people? Well, because Isaiah 53 says, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. We've all turned to our own ways. But the cool thing is, even though that defines Jesus's earthly ministry, because of Easter and the cross, it now defines his eternal ministry. You see, Jesus never intended for his ministry to cease just because of his time on the earth it now continues because of easter he's alive you see he is risen and so because of that as hebrews 13 says jesus now is the same yesterday today and forever so therefore if he's the same yesterday today and forever then what he said he is still saying those whom he sought he is still seeking those whom he saved he is still bringing salvation. And that which he did, he is still doing. Well, what is he doing? Seeking and saving the lost. That's the ministry and that's the assignment of Jesus. Seeking and saving the lost. Ever feel lost? I'm not talking about just physically lost because physically lost is bad enough, but most of the time, once you get your bearings, you're back on the road again. But what about when your soul feels lost? Maybe it starts when you come to a realization that you squandered most of your life and now the consequences are upon you. You come to that point where you feel lost when when a treasured relationship was broken mostly by your fault and you think, man, what am I going to do now? And you feel lost. You're disheartened. You feel friendless. You feel alone alone. You can be in the middle of a parade and still feel lonely. In the middle of a crowd and still feel alone. And that's what Zacchaeus felt. He felt alone. Why? Well, he was a tax collector. Let me tell you about tax collectors. Tax collectors are those hired by the Roman government that had Israel under occupation. And they would hire one of their own people, Jewish people, to collect taxes. So basically he worked for the Roman government And got wealthy on the backs of his own people. And the Roman government would assess, let's say, $5,000 from every Jewish household to be given to the Roman government and you were to collect them. Now you can add to that whatever you want for shipping and handling or whatever. So let's say he would bring it up to $9,000. So he would go into your home and say, you owe the Roman government $9,000. You don't know that $4,000 goes into his pocket not only was he a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector so that every other tax collector in the region, he would take a cut off of them. He was getting very, very rich. And if you didn't pay for one reason or another, he was given authority by the Roman government to confiscate your house. He could keep it. He could confiscate your donkey, your camel, your brand new donkey, convertible. Donkey. Most donkeys in those days were convertibles. Or, Or your beautiful camel, 57 camel, with genuine leather upholstery. And when he would confiscate your camel and he'd be driving your 57 camel down the streets of Jericho, you now know why he would be eligible for the annual award of the most hated man in Jericho. You see, at this point in his life, Zacchaeus had everything, but he had nothing. He probably achieved his bucket list, but his bucket was empty. And so was his soul. He had gained everything, but he lost everything. That's why the scripture says, What profiteth a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? soul. What will man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, God is saying the most treasured part of you is your soul. You can have all the money in the world and it wouldn't, it wouldn't match at all the value of your soul. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you see, this physical part of you, when God created you and me in His image, this is in His image. We're all different. The part of us that He created that's in His image is that eternal quality of God. He placed that in you, and that's found in your soul. And often in the New Testament, the word soul and spirit is interchangeable. So when he says, what profit the man if he gains the whole world that yet loses his soul? You're going to lose that eternal part of you for the temporal part? Oh, you cannot measure that, the treasure of your soul, because that part of you is what's going to live forever. And When you're lost in your soul, you're really lost. That's the greatest kind of darkness and lostness you can ever experience. So God is saying, I've come to seek and save those who are lost in their souls. Because that's a part of you that lives forever. Now, the question is not whether or not you're going to live forever. That's true because you're made in the image of God. The question is where? Heaven or hell? You must choose. And that's a choice every single human being must make. And some of you will need to make that decision today on Easter morning. Where are you going to spend eternity? Are you? Absolutely. Where is the question? And you must make a choice. Now, you see, the thing is, is God gives each of us a beautiful gift. Because God is a gentleman, and he doesn't force things on you. You will do this, or you will do that. He doesn't want robots. That every time we're going to do something wrong, kind of like an angel slaps you. You Well, I want to... Well, I want to... Ow! Ow! well, then pretty soon you're just doing things because you're a robot. And God says, no, I'm going to give you free choice. But listen very carefully. God, although he gives you the sacred gift of the prerogative of choice, what you do not have is a privilege to change the outcome of the choices you will make. You can make choices, but the outcomes are fixed. That's why when I choose to reject Christ... The consequences are horrible. But yet he gives us the choice. And some people reject Christ nevertheless. I'm thinking, no. You see, so that's what God gives to us, that choice. And you say, well, if people go to hell, why would God send people to hell? Well, Matthew 25 says God didn't make hell for people. Matthew 25 says that God made hell for the devil and his demons. Well, what did he make for people? Well, you'll have to visit John 14, uh, chapter 14. When you go there, you'll find that Jesus is speaking and he says this. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And I'm going to go before you. If it weren't true, I wouldn't have told you. But I'm going to go ahead of you and prepare a place for you that where I am, you shall be always. So what did he make for people? Heaven. But do you get that automatically? You have to choose it. Jesus is the door, and you have to go through him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to my Father's house except through me. And so that he uses those metaphors so we kind of understand. And so we've got to come to Jesus. And some of you have never come to the Lord and ask him to give you that free gift of eternal life. And if you haven't, today's the day. So that soul part of us is so critical and so special. Because each of us are going to age out one day, right? They're going to, we're going to age out, you're going to die. We're going to get old, and and then they'll bury you six feet under. Unless you're Portuguese. (laughs) Then they bury them 20 feet under. Why? Because deep down, they're really nice people. (laughs) We got to get back to the Bible. Hold on, let me think where I (laughs) am. Zacchaeus was at that place in his life where he needed some help because he knew that his soul was deteriorating. What Zacchaeus didn't know was that that day his life would change forever. Let me break some of those verses down. And it says this, Zacchaeus, or he wanted to see Jesus... And to see who he was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Oh, I love that. Notice, Jesus likes short people. Do you know, that's just the Bible. He tolerates big people, but he loves short people. So it says, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was passing that way. I want you to know today Jesus is passing through new hope. He's passing this way. I guess for some reason Zacchaeus's loneliness and the lostness of his soul had become so acute, so intense that he had to do something about it and he was curious about Jesus. Some people called him an imposter. Some people called him a charlatan. Some people called him just another Jewish prophet. But some people called him Savior. And he was curious. Maybe, maybe he can be that to me. And so he climbed up in that sycamore tree because Jesus was passing by. There were some obstacles, the crowd. But he overcame the obstacle. There'll be more obstacles. But he overcame them. Some of you have overcome obstacles to get here today where Jesus is passing by. Maybe that obstacle was traffic or parking or your children misbehaved or you got up this morning with a crick in your back or whatever it was, but you overcame those and you're here today. Jesus notices that. Listen to the next verse. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He looked up in the tree and he noticed. Did you know that when you overcome obstacles to see Jesus, he notices he notices. And not only that, he called him by name. Zacchaeus. How did he know Zacchaeus? He'd never met him before. I'm wondering if, if it weren't that Jesus actually, he was on his way to Jerusalem to actually bear the cross of redemption. I'm wondering if he had didn't really detour through Jericho, seven miles east of Jerusalem, to see one person. Because he had heard his cries. Did you know that even if you're a non-Christian... And you pray, he hears your cries. He hears all of our cries because we're children of God. Zacchaeus was called a son of Abraham or child of Abraham. But we're called children of God. And he hears your cries. I'm just not wondering if, if he went through Jericho because God heard his cries and noticed him. Some of you have been going through some obstacles and you're here today. And you've cried out to God today. He is passing by. Don't miss this opportunity. Well, he's about to hit some other obstacles. And we'll read the next verse. It says this. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. The crowd reminded Zacchaeus of how unworthy he was. But Zacchaeus already had a speech prepared. This is really cool. Soon as they said... He's a sinner. He says, look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possession to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. It's like Zacchaeus knew he wasn't worthy, but he didn't fake it. Sometimes we come to church and we fake it. Like, we ain't that bad. I know other people that are bad. I'm not that bad. I'm pretty good. And the scripture says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all messed up. How many of you have sinned maybe at least one time? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah all of us have. The rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you just sinned because you lied. So. There you go. So we are all in the same boat, aren't we? So he knew he needed to be truthful because transformation only follows truthfulness, never pretense. The longer you just kind of fake it, blame somebody else and I ain't that bad kind of stuff, transformation will never happen. You got to come clean. Otherwise if you're in pretense, it always backfires on you. I remember this funny story about this Haole guy that was studying for the ministry in a Midwest seminary and, and uh, really wanted to focus on God. So, But it's spring break so he gets on an airplane, he's going to the west coast. To, where he's going to go back to his house go back home with his parents for a week. And, and, and he's really trying to focus on God. But while he's sitting on the plane, the most beautiful girl comes onto that airplane. Man, he sees her and he's like chicken skin. like whoa, Man, notice she's got a plumeria in her hair. Maybe she's from Hawaii. Whoa, this is amazing. And lo and behold, she sits in the empty seat right next to him. By now, he's got like
0: hives.
1: (laughs) And he goes, man, i got to, man, Lord, I want to marry this woman. She's just so beautiful. And then his prayers are answered because she actually reaches into her satchel and brings out her Bible and starts reading it. (laughs) He goes, oh, God, this has got to be my wife. This is amazing. So he works up enough courage and he says, if you were going to date a guy, what kind of guy would you date? And she goes, Excuse me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to date a person, you know, what kind of man would you be looking for? She said, Well, he takes out his pen. Well, she said, I, I kind of like American Indian kind of guys because those Indians are so brave. Okay. What else? Well, she said, I like Portuguese or part Portuguese guys because they're uh, so good looking. Okay. And he said, "But really, the bottom line is, I like local boys because I'm from Hawaii, and local guys are just they're just jovial and fun-loving. Oh." Okay. He goes, oh, wow." He says, uh, could I ask you your name?" She said, "Yeah, my name is Mary." She said, "What's your name?" He said, uh, "My name is Geronimo Silva, but my friends call me Kimo. God sees right through us. He had no excuses. No excuses. You say, but Wayne, we're all sinners, right? Yep, yep. So you might as well come clean. I remember some years ago I was inviting some guys to come to church when we were at Farrington High School, and their answer was, hey, you, you don't even know us, bro. I said, well, yeah, just come to church. He said, man, we come to your church, the roof fall in <laughs> so I guess they came in 2012 because <laughs> but this is sand Island and uh, we reinforced the ceiling had engineers come because we knew you were coming and so the Bible says none of us is worthy he said but Wayne what what does God do with the Unworthiness, our, our spiritual problems, our sin. Yeah, it's true. Every time we sin or reject God, it, we create a spiritual debt, a debt that cannot be paid. How do you pay for that debt? And each time we turn away from God, there's another spiritual debt that is incurred, a debt that demands to be paid. For in fact, the Bible says in, in Romans 3.23, all of sin falls short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. That's the the wage it demands from us. However, it says the second part of that verse, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's an exchange. The Lord says, is basically saying this, you cannot pay that debt. But because I love you so much, I will attribute your debt to to my life, and I will die for you. I will satisfy that debt, and if you will come to me, I will give you the free gift in exchange of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Jesus didn't come to condemn us, because if he did, we'd all be condemned. We're done. So what did he come to do? Let me introduce to you the most the loneliest verse in the Bible. Because everybody knows my neighbor, but no one knows me, kind of deal. Let's uh, uh, to show you what I'm sa- talking about. Let's all quote together John 3:16, okay, from memory. All right, don't put it on the board. All right, are you ready? Go. For, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, see, they were gonna put it, but your conscience bothered you, didn't it? Yeah. All right. So let's try it together. Go. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Got it. That's John three sixteen. Now what's John three seventeen? We don't know. Yeah. For God did not send don't put that up there. <laughs> For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world would be saved. Interesting, huh? We all know John 3.16. We don't know John 3.17. Because it says the reason Jesus came was not to condemn us, because if He did, we're done. He came for one purpose, to seek and to save the lost. How many of you are glad that's His purpose? (laughs) But what do we do with the debt of sin? Well, Jesus says to Zacchaeus right at the end, Today salvation has come to your house, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Easter's all about. It's the purpose of God, not to judge. But if we repent and turn to God, then He gives us that forgiveness. Did you know that when He was on the cross, He said, It is. Is what? Finished. Finish. He actually said that in Aramaic. The Aramaic word is to tell us To tell us You know what to tell is? Although we translate it, it is finished, it's actually a banker's word. Paid in full. Paid in full. And as we come to Christ, we receive what he paid for, and that's the gift of eternal life. Paul says to the Second Corinthian uh, in the Second Corinthian Epistle, he says, "God was in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, but reconciling them to Himself." God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself, and then He'll take care of our behavior. He'll take care of our spotty activities because your heart changes. If your heart doesn't change, you'll always want to go that way. He changes your heart, then you don't want to do that anymore. See, that's how we get rid of the sin problem, is a changed heart. But that doesn't happen until we come to Jesus. If you've never come to Jesus, do that today. I want to give you a chance in a little bit. But let me finish with a a story. Let's say a man, let's say I, went to a bank because I have a really good business deal. And I know it's going to take off. So I borrow a few million dollars. I can't afford that, but I'm going to borrow it. And the banker says, well, Wayne, how long are you going to need this? I said, just give me a year. Just a year, because this is going to take off. And the banker says, whoa, you're going to need some collateral. I'll sign my house and everything I got, because I know this is going to be a blockbuster. Well, they say, if you don't, then on this day that you don't pay it back, we get your house, we get everything you got, and you go to jail. I said, no, no problem, this is going to be a blockbuster. So he says, okay, and I take the money and I go and invest it. Only one problem, within seven months, eight months, it's a complete flop. I lose everything. The day comes when I'm supposed to return the money and I go to the bank and he says, well, do you have the money? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't. Well, how much do you have? Oh, man, I got a quarter. Well, that's hardly enough. That's all I got left. Well, you know the deal. Yeah. So my house is gone. Everything I have is taken. And he calls the guards, and I I have handcuffs on. I'm about to be led away when a very rich Japanese man comes into the bank. This guy is so rich. He owns Natsunoya Shirakia, Chimichanga, Shabu Shabu, and Longs. His name is Mr. Takasaki, and the bank goes, "Oh, Mr. Takasaki, how are you? Very good, very good." And says, "Wow, this is one of our biggest clients." Oh, and he looks at me and goes, oh, "Wen, he he, my friend." The banker goes, Oh wow, I didn't know. He, my good friend. Oh, Waynesau, you have a handcuff on your
0: arm. <laughs> yes. Why
1: why you have a handcuff? Uh, I have a debt I can never repay. So they've taken everything. No, not good. So well, I made a promise and I'm guilty. You have no house, no, no nothing, and I'm going to jail. Oh, he turns to the banker. He says to the banker, "You know, I have 1.5 billion dollar on account here. Shirokia was very good this year."
0: <laughs>
1: the banker goes, "Yes, sir." You Mr. Takasaki says, I can buy this whole bank. Yes, sir, we know. And he's my friend. Yes, sir. Why don't we do this, he says to the banker. Why don't we take my account and take his debt and apply his debt to my account? The banker says, Mr. Takasaki, that's fine, but that's really not between you and me. That's between you and Wayne whether or not Wayne wants his debt to be satisfied by your account. So Mr. Takasaki turns to me and says, well, I say, please, I accept, good. Turns back to the banker and he says, it's done. Take his bill and stamp, paid in full. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. Yet, I don't know why people say no to that. Are you crazy? This is Easter. If you've never received Jesus, He's waiting. And He calls you by name. And He says, This day, salvation shall come to your house. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you say, That's me. I would I would like... Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Would you come into my heart and change me? If that's you right now, would you just raise a hand? Just go ahead and raise a hand. Yeah. Lord, speak into your heart. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not between you and me, it's between you and heaven. Whether or not you want your debts to be applied to His account so that He can stamp paid in full. That's what the cross is all about. It is finished. And that's why Easter's so special here at New Hope. If this is the first time you're receiving Christ, as you go out, there'll be some people in green that have some follow-up material. that'll help you so much in your first few steps with Jesus. So please, just tell them, I said yes today. Could I get some follow-up material? And they'll happily give that to you. Or you can text to uh, our number and just write in yes, and it'll be digitally sent to you. Let me ask another question. You may be a Christian already and you say, but you know, Wayne, my f- soul feels lost and that's why I want to come home. I've been drifting. I-, I just, I need to come home. I need to come back to Jesus. And that's why this whole service is called Welcome Home. And if that's you, God is waiting and He calls your name. He notices. If that's you, would you raise a hand and say, Yep, oh, God, that's me. That's me. Okay, yeah. That's me. Yeah. I'm going to have us say a prayer together and if you would repeat it after me and then we'll stand later and sing our final song. But right now, let's pray and I'll lead you in this prayer and if you would repeat it after me. Would you say this? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you came and you died for my sins that I might have life everlasting. Change me make me the person you want me to be I turn from my sins and I turn to you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior and now I say this so everybody hears so you can hear me so I can hear myself and so the devil can hear Jesus Christ is my Lord he is my Savior I belong to him In Jesus' name. That's the cry of our heart, Lord. Thank you so much for these wonderful people that you embrace as children of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, welcome these who said yes to Jesus.
0: listening if you like what you heard leave us a review and we'd love to hear what you think you can also watch us on youtube download our app or check out our website